You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. When you post hunting photos on Instagram, they get censored. When you post on Go Wild, you get virtual fist bumps from fellow hunters. When you buy gear on Amazon, you gas up a billionaire spaceship. When you buy gear on Go Wild, we donate to a camp that teaches kids to hunt, fish, and shoot. See the difference? Go Wild is a free social community built by hunters for hunters. Join today at DownloadGoWild.com, and I'll give you 10 bucks just for setting up your account. And you'll keep unlocking Go Wild rewards as you share content, because guess what? We like hunting pictures. Join at DownloadGoWild.com or in the App Store. Hey folks, wherever you're listening to this podcast right now, chances are your deer season is in full swing. Hopefully things are going well for you. And if you're one of the folks that took the time and preparation to plant some real world wildlife products, food plot blends, chances are you're having a great success. We here at Pro Talk Outdoors love our real world products, whether it's the clover chicory blend, whitetail harvest salad, deadly dozen, the Gen 2 soybeans that are always a dynamite hit all the way through the season. Chances are, if you've got one of those plots out, you're having great success. If not, better luck next year, folks. Let's get them in. Go to realworldwildlifeproducts.com for more information on how you can improve your season. That's what I call pro talk really don't know the answer, you just make it up. That it's my rut is that I am in a rut. To get the pilot of Red Arrow going. This is really a way to skip class. I want to say, hey, those boys right there in the That's the nicest thing anybody's ever said on this podcast. Alex Rutledge here with American Roots Outdoors TV. Hey, this is Lee and Tiffany Lukowski from the Crest TV. Hi, I'm Don Higgins. This is Jeff Lindsay. Hey, everybody, this is Mark Dury with Dury Outdoors. Hey, this is Craig Fisk with Crane Assassins TV. You're listening to Dave and JP on Pro Talk Outdoors, the craziest two I know. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Pro Talk Outdoors. Tonight, Dave and I have a special guest that we would like to introduce to you guys, and we'll get rolling. That's it? Yeah, you're not used to all that. That's it? Oh my gosh, I thought there was going to be something like really extravagant with that introduction. Derek Minton sitting across the table from us right now. How about that? Derek Minton, everybody. What's up? Household name. Yeah, I thought you were going to kind of introduce me a little bit better. That kind of hurt my feelings. You kind of, yeah, you're like, I, I mean, know. I'm nobody special, so it's fine. No, you are. You are special, man. Uh, no, we, uh, you know, we, uh, I guess the last episode we talked a little bit, JP and I talked a little bit about our successes that we had in Indiana, and we kind of left it off with, uh, I was heading to Kentucky, and, you know, we, uh, Derek was killed a really nice buck so i mean i want to i guess start off probably the best place to start off is just give us a just give us a brief explanation of your hunt that you you know you killed a really nice deer what'd you call him is it loopy droopy droopy oh droopy oh droopy tell us about droopy a little bit so we started getting pictures of him uh august september somewhere in there and on his left main beam been his probably g3 drooped over the left beam and uh during velvet, it stayed there, got bigger, started to rub the trees, broke it off, unfortunately. So come bow season, uh, I had my son out there in a redneck ground blind, and old Droopy come walking in. I plugged him with an arrow. 
Story over. Short and sweet, but man, heck of a deer. It was a really nice deer. I don't know how old that deer is, but looked like probably five plus. Just, just you know, my I'm not an expert by any means, but if I was guessing, I'd put that deer at five plus. That was a good looking deer. I say great genetics, two and a half. Yeah, no, I was <laughs> two year old. <laughs> Definitely a good looking deer, though. Congratulations on that, um, by far. Thank so, you, you also started filming with dave a little bit over in kentucky and dave you both tagged out in kentucky yeah well i mean he started filming in indiana i mean it's like he Derek contact me and he's like hey man i'm tagged out i'm off the whole month of november I'm like what a guy i mean mm-hmm. what a great friend he's volunteering to go hunt with me and and film and and so we hunted a couple times in, in indiana i think i don't even remember exactly all we did and we went to kentucky and um, had a pretty good hunt over there, and then I was just sitting there in the stand, and I was like, why the heck ain't Derek hunting over here, man? He's got, you know, he could get a tag, and so I asked him if he wanted to hunt over there, and he, you know, he, he took me up on the offer, and so, man, we, uh, it was the next day, I think, wasn't it, Derek, that we yeah, went over Yeah, we was filming that, that day, then we came back the next day. Okay, so yeah, um, so man, take it, what's your thoughts on Kentucky? I mean, tell us about your hunt over there, and cause, So, first hunt, sitting there by myself and decent little buck come through uh something i think most people would be proud to take but it was my first kentucky buck so i'm like yeah i want something a little bit bigger you know just try it out see if i can wait because they're still chasing so you you never know it's a good good crisp cool morning cold morning and uh took a picture of it and sent it to dave and let him know it's coming his way i went ahead and passed him uh, and I tell you right now, I I got that picture, which which my morning was a colossal screw up in the beginning because <laughs> I, I, you know, Derek got situated in a stand we call the church stand, and then I was going across the field and I went through some really thick nasty stuff to get back there in a stand that I hadn't seen all year. We hadn't sit in it or anything, and I get back there and I, I climb up, get the camera equipment set up, and I look around and I'm like, why do I have a rifle in my hand? Because my my farthest shot was going to be about. No kidding, 20 yards, tops. I couldn't see, I, I couldn't see anything. And then I get this text message from Derek right away, and I look at the picture, insane brow tines on this buck. You know, and I monster brows. First glance, I'm like, oh my god, dude, why didn't you shoot that deer? So I'm texting him. He's like, he's coming your way. And then I hear the deer enter the woods, and I'm like, man, I was peacocking around that dang tree and doing everything I could because I ain't so sure if I didn't see it that I wasn't gonna shoot it. Well. That's way with me. I had that 450 Bushmaster that I just bought and hadn't killed a deer with it yet. And that deer stepped out, what, 35 yards maybe out there at that corner. And I'm like, man, it's been an easy kill. And I decided to pass him, which I'm glad I did. Uh, we moved on. And a little bit later on, I ended up having some does come through. And, of course, I'm going to take a doe. You know, always kind of, always good to have meat for the freezer. So I had three of them come in, shot her, the biggest one. And then after that, Dave hits me up and says, I'm going to go check a spot out. Well, yeah, okay, but i got to back up a little bit because I, I sit in the spot there across from you. Right. For right. Man, I wasn't there long. And it was like the sun wasn't even up. And I text Derek. I was like, dude, am I going to screw you up if I go walking out of here because i got to move. I, I can't sit here. And he said, no, go ahead. There's no deer out here right now. So <clears throat> I literally – take a i don't even know what it was probably as a crow flies probably a you know a 300 yard walk to get to another stand it didn't take you very long i looked up and all i seen is hunter orange coming across and you're over waving at me yeah man I was like force gump force gump man i was i was practically like gump man i was i mean i wasn't running but i was hustling you know and right. i you know fortunately got over there and got set up okay but as i was sitting there and i got your message that you know, you saw those does, and I'm like, I kept waiting for a shot. And I didn't hear anything for a while. I'm like, what the heck's he waiting on, man? Because I know how that stand is there. And in my mind, I was thinking, well, if you saw those does, I was thinking, well, they were probably in the clover field right in front of him. So I'm like, well, he's just enjoying it. You know, maybe wait and see if a buck steps out. And I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting. And meanwhile, I'm seeing a lot of deer. I got a lot of deer activity, but I was wasn't quite in the hub of it i mean i was seeing a lot up this draw and then finally i hear the shot and Derek's like yep got him you know got her you know and i was like okay 
So I said, hey, man, you mind waiting a little bit? I want to go down and check this spot out before I come over and help you out. And he's like, yeah, go ahead. Take your time. Um, so, you know, I get down and I slide over there. And as I'm as I'm getting close over there, and I, I wasn't being quiet at all. I mean, it was pretty crunchy leaves oh, that yeah. morning. Pretty crunchy. And um, I get back there close, and all of a sudden I see a doe coming down the hill right toward me. And I'm like, whoa, hey, I might be in the chips here. Because there was a doe over there that was hot. There was there was a, a brief fight broke out. There was some grunting and some chasing. Got to take a spit of my red man there. So... <laughs> And then all of a sudden, up there on the hill, I hear, Bleh. no, it was more like a, Bleh. Does, it, does that grunt sound all right? Uh, no, it was more like, Bleh. but anyway, so I heard that grunt up there on the hill, and I'm like, oh my God, and I, I just saw one side, and I'm like, that looked good enough to me, you know, and he starts coming down the hill, and as he got down halfway down the hill, the doe popped up right in front of me, I'm talking like she was 20 yards in front of me, and I was busted. So I, I jumped over to this little cedar tree, and I kind of leaned up against it, and I, you know, pulled up the scope, and the buck was facing me dead on. I mean, he was dead on, but the way it was, he was kind of in, in like a V of a tree, and I had no shot. I mean, I, I had no good, quote-unquote, ethical. Ethical. The ethical shot. Right. I didn't have that. So, but what I did have is I had a shot where I could hit him right between the eyes. I mean, that was it. Hit or miss. Between the eyes or a miss. I was going to hit a tree or the between the eyes. So, I squeezed one off and pancaked him. I mean, dropped him down. Um, so. At least it wasn't a whiff like your Indiana buck. Derek, we don't talk about Oh, oh my bad. I'm we sorry. Not. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wasn't that on like the last episode or so? Maybe you already talked about it once. We hashed that out. In the oh, okay. We, we don't need to go over that stuff anymore. <laughs> There's no reason for that. But whenever you sent the picture of, you said, I've tagged out, sent the picture, and I was like, did you shoot him in between the eyes? Like, did you seriously just do that? Yeah, dang right I did. <laughs> Man, I, I ain't okay. I felt like a sniper. I did. I felt like a sniper on that. So, right. but the bad news about that was, you know, it came out. Derek, Derek went and got the. We we took the side by side over because we we knew we were going to come back with something. I mean, I just felt confident. Derek was wanting to shoot a doe, if nothing else. So, I felt confident we were going to need that. Um, so he went and got the side by side and came back there. But the bad thing was, is where where oh that buck was at was not a uh, not a good place to to get into so we we had to do some dragging and um that wasn't a whole lot of fun but and we then, found out we weren't as young as what we thought we were or as in shape as what we I should mean, be i tell you what though and, and here's the thing you and i both have gone through a crazy weight loss over the last year sure um we did it different ways but we both went through we got we got a lot healthier over the last year could you imagine a year ago two years ago there, us trying to man i would have i'd have been like eh you know, let's quarter it up or something. I mean, I wouldn't even – I well, first of all, I never would have even went back there to hunt because right. I, I would have known that I wouldn't want to drag a deer out of there. So There's no way I could have done it. Uh, I can think of just small incidences that I've had previous that don't even compare to that area. No way in the world could I have done that. Yeah, I w- wouldn't even have thought about it. I mean, it's crazy. But, uh, but yeah, we did it. We manned up. We got it out of there. And then uh, went and got your doe. And unbelievable what that... Uh, 450. Oh, my gosh. What a 450 does to uh, does to a doe when you shoot it in the front shoulder and take out the heart. And there's literally a hole there that you could fit a... Easy fit a baseball in without getting blood on it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, what's that old game, Operation, that... Um, yeah. You could play operation on that deer and never, never even hit the buzzer. I mean, with a baseball. Throw, yeah, with a baseball. You could take a baseball and a stick and in and out. But anyway, so I ended up getting a concussion on the way out of there, um, which I got zero sympathy oh. from Savannah out of. Right. Zero. I mean, you know, was was we were we were dragging the doe out of there with the side by side, and somehow this big cedar log. I, don't, I didn't see it. At any point in time, until it whacked me really hard on the side of the head, and I—I I don't even know what kind of look I gave Derek there, but it was probably pretty priceless. I'm pretty sure that I was just super 
pissed off that you came home and had lost the keys to the side by side. Well, we ain't, we don't talk about stuff like that, Savannah. We did you not hear that? We don't talk about misses. We don't talk about <laughs> losses. We <laughs> we don't talk about those sort of things on Pro Talk Outdoors. Right. Yeah. The look you gave me was, uh, I'm sitting here, but nobody's home. Kind of look. Almost. Oh, I checked out. I yeah. I literally checked out. I literally. I look back at that log because I, I was surprised I lived through that. I mean, it was a legitimate folks in all seriousness, if you if you're doing something like what we were, be very very aware of your surroundings cuz I could have checked out. If that was sharp in any way and would have cut me. Or your juggler was in Oh, the way. dude, I would have been yeah, I'd have bled out real quick right there. It was a, like the gentleman off the of Kentucky Ballistics, I'd had to shove my thumb down your throat to or down your neck to keep the bleeding from Going profuse. That's awful nice of you to say. I would have done that. I was ready. I was prepared to make out with you right there in case you went unconscious and I had to give you mouth to mouth resuscitation. <laughs> we, we just uh, we just we just had a easy easy just back off. <laughs> we just had an awkward moment here on Pro Talk Outdoors. But uh, <laughs> so anyway, fast forward to uh, you know we get everything loaded up. We get the we get our pictures taken and we get the deer loaded up side by side loaded up on the trailer and. And we're getting ready to somehow, and I've got a habit of always trying to take the key out of whatever equipment I have on the trailer. Because, I, you know, Savannah, you and I went on a fishing trip a, a couple summers ago, and we uh, we lost the key to the boat somewhere on the highway, which you happened to find on the way back, fortunately. But So I don't want the wind blowing a key out for some reason, so I took the key out. And I looked at Derek when we were getting ready to get in the truck, and I'm like, hey, where's the key to that side-by-side? Like, he would know. I mean, he didn't grab it. (laughs) I grabbed it, but I was like, where's it at? He's like, I don't know. And I keep my truck pretty clean. So. (laughs) (laughs) Real funny. I may have seen junkyards cleaner than your truck. My truck, during hunting season, it it is an absolute disaster. So we we commenced to, and I wasn't much help because I literally, I wasn't, I was concussed, folks. I mean, I'm a legit. I was a walking zombie, but Derek's pulling out all my hunting clothes that I shed off, and he's looking in the floorboard. He's looking everywhere. No key anywhere to be found. So finally, I was like, "Screw it! Let's just get out of here, man. Let's just head home and and be done with it." So we ended up, uh, you know, we ended up getting back home, and I'm I, I'm like, well, I got to break the news to Savannah on the way home. I, so I. First thing I thought, and I thought, you know, I'm going to tell her about my concussion and get some sympathy out of that. Right, you tried. And and then that'll soften the blow. And then when I say I lost the key to the side-by-side, she won't be mad. Shouldn't be. How could you be mad at somebody that you love that just got a concussion? A loving wife should be very sympathetic. Should be. And empathetic. And I think she called me a dumbass. I don't know. I think that's what she did whenever I told her I lost the key. Possibly. It was, <laughs> it was something along those lines. But and, and to her credit... She was 100% correct. I was being dumb because the next morning I looked in the pocket of the jacket that I was wearing the whole time. Of the only article of clothing we did not check. I checked it, Derek. Did you? I did. That's the bad thing. I checked it. But the dang key was there. The key was there. So, anyway. That means you can't join my profession. Yeah. So, anyways. (laughs) You you can't do what I do on the side. (laughs) So, was this your first time hunting in the state of Kentucky? Uh, yes, that was my first time ever hunting, filming, slash anything. I mean, it's like okay. you know, travel, but yeah, yeah. hunting in so, Kentucky. So, how was it, or was there, did you notice any differences between hunting here at home in the state of Indiana or going back over to Kentucky? And anything different that you noticed or any different techniques no, I mean, that the, you used? The terrain is a little bit different because you know you're a little more hillier i do have a lease property um and it's got some steep hills on it but not quite like this uh it's 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 the same i would say but it has a different feel to it i don't know if it's just because it's something new um you know exciting but it definitely had a different feel i get that i mean i kind of i it's the way i feel about it i've been hunting over there for four or five years now i feel the same way um Interesting that you brought up a lease, that you have a lease here in Indiana. Um, 
we also, Savannah and I, um, also have a lease here in Indiana. And, you know, that's something I'd like to talk about because we have, and I think we, we alluded to it in the previous episode a little bit. JP and I talked about the fact that our lease is going up for sale. And we're pretty much going to lose all of our hunting rights on the property and may or may not still be able to fish it. I don't know. Got my fingers crossed because uh, pretty sure a buddy is, is buying it. So he might be nice enough to let us take a couple fishing trips a year back there. But um, And we took Derek out there fishing. We took Derek out there fishing. Uh, oh, when we went ice fishing last year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we we did some ice fishing out there. We also did some bass fishing out there. Yeah, they so. don't went bass fishing. But uh, so let's talk a little bit about leases, because um, because you know that's one of those this time of year it's a hot topic, right? Because you know it's December, it's after the rut, it's after firearm season here in Indiana and Kentucky. The muzzleloader's in, but by and large, a lot of guys are kind of winding down. There's not a whole lot of guys hunting still, and if they are. You know, they're either desperate diehards or, you know, just wanting to add some more meat to the freezer or maybe they're just a little bloodthirsty. I don't know. But anyway, a lot of people are done, but there's a lot of conversations start happening this time of year about what went well, what went wrong, what can we do to improve our hunting season next year. And usually a big topic of conversation is I need to find somewhere to lease. You know, because if you're if you got a handshake deal or if you're hunting the same property as somebody else, a lot of times it don't go well. You know, for whatever reason. So a lot of people are talking about needing to find leases. So let's talk a little bit about that. We've talked several times on this show how we found our lease that we have since lost. How did you get into your lease? Well, the one I'm on currently right now, there was a Facebook page. Uh, somebody made a post that they were done with the lease they had and wanted somebody to take over and one of my friends contacted that guy and we ended up taking over the lease two years ago uh, from the people that had it that were I believe they were up north somewhere way up north maybe Michigan or somewhere like that so um, so were they locked in for X amount of years or something and year. they needed somebody okay it's, so it was just a one it's year year to year lease on that one okay um, <clears throat> it's ran through a leasing company that gets it from the farmer, and then they are the mediator. Between. Do you care to share the leasing company? Uh, I believe it's uh, Basecamp. Basecamp? I think okay. it's Basecamp, the yeah. one that has it. Um, yeah, I believe that's who it is. But they, uh, they, you know, they're the mediator between the farmer and the leasees and stuff. And we end up contacting them. We've fulfilled the contract for those guys for that year, and then we end up signing the contract uh, the following year for this season okay uh, and that's that's with you and you're on a group basically yeah There's, me and three other guys okay so it's a group of four so that's and it's a pretty good size lease right you got a few hundred acres uh, i think it's 300 just a little over 300 acres and maybe uh, a little over 100 acres of that is wooded the rest of it's all ag yeah with but, a with a decent sized lake on it but, cl- but clearly, I mean, good hunting there because you killed a heck of a nice deer. And I don't know about the other guys. They probably haven't they haven't tagged anything yet this year, have they? Uh, no, we've killed does off of it, but I'm the only one so far that's killed a buck off of it. <clears throat> we had a monster, 160-some incher. We're not supposed to talk about that on the show, Derek. What, monsters? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happened previous years? <laughs> No, I had a big, big one on there. We had a big. Oh yeah, this deer's already dead, right? Yeah, this deer's already dead. Okay, yeah, we can yeah, talk we, about that. Yeah, we had a monster buck on there, uh, that uh, showed up last year, and the neighbor's kid killed it. Uh, I was sitting in a tree stand along with one of the other guys, and I heard the gunshot go off, and I texted the guy. Man, I know that feeling. <laughs> I texted that guy's uh, father and said, "Did you guys kill it?" He said, "Yeah, my boy did." And then he told me how many points the deer had, and I said, well, send me a picture because I'm pretty sure it's one we've had on cam, and sure enough it was. Um, but we've had a lot of big deer on camera on that lease, but just, unfortunately I'm the only one. I shouldn't say unfortunately. Fortunately, I am the only one that has connected, but unfortunate for them guys. Yeah, so I guess so. There's, there's several different ways to look at, you know, leases and going into things. I mean, you can get a – and I guess it really depends on a person's budget, right? Cause, oh, I mean, good that's, Lord, yeah. Because, you know, 
300 acres, that's going to be a pretty expensive lease, you know, if it's one person doing that for an entire year. And, you know, we... That's expensive with four people. Yeah, it, it yeah. is. I mean, <laughs> it, it's a heck of an investment. It really is. So, I mean, the things I'd like to talk a little bit about is if somebody's out there looking for a lease right now, what do you think somebody should be, like, what should be at the top of their list? Like, if they're checking out a list, of, if this property... If this lease situation is good for me, what should they be thinking about and discussing on the front end before they go and sign on the dotted line to put their name on a lease, whether it's a loan or with a group? So I think the first thing you really need to look at is, is this going to be an every year thing? Do you plan on continuing to do this as long as it is available? If so, price may not be quite an issue because you know you're guaranteed to want to do it every year. Some leases you can get a year lease. Some years, you know, or some leases you may get like a five-year to a ten-year lease on it. Uh, I would say you definitely got to look into that. Know that it's going to be a future plan. Yeah, and with that being said, that will kind of determine what you're going to do to improve the property for. Oh yeah. Yep. So if you know you're going to be there for a while, I mean, and you don't care to spend that, you know, whether it be one thousand, two thousand, up to five, six thousand dollars for how many acres you got. How much more are you willing to improve that land? You know, you put in your if, plots. If it's yeah, if it's a, a situation where you can, I mean, right. that's one of the things you need to discuss with the the landowner or the leasing company up exactly. front is, hey, can I food plot it? Can I, if I can, where can I food plot? What can I do? That'd be on something the else you might want to do is jump in and talk to the owner and are you okay for this? You know, get the intel you need to see how you want to transition that property um, yeah. because if they're not willing to do it and you can't improve it to what you think it needs to be improved upon. It might not be worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if it's not a long-term lease, you don't want to go out there growing monster bucks and to not be able to hunt them next year. Right, setting it up for somebody else. Yeah, and and I'm sure there's a lot of guys listening to this right now that that have horror stories about that. You know, if you you know if you have a lease situation where you maybe lease it one or two years, and all of a sudden there's a big deer that starts showing up, and you know how it is. I mean, you may think that uh, nobody knows about a big deer. But especially in the state of Indiana where you can spotlight, it's legal, you know, without a weapon in the vehicle. You can go around, you can shine fields, and you never know who has laid eyes on what you have on that property. And all it takes is somebody maybe with a little bit more cash and maybe somebody, a, a, a family friend of the owner or something, and all of a sudden it's, you know, bye-bye, we're not going to lease to you anymore because there's a giant buck living on the property or somebody saw it or heard about it. So, so that scenario has happened to me before on a previous lease. I lost it because a family friend wanted to hunt that property, and I no longer could hunt it because they had seen pictures of the deer that were on that property. They decided they want to give it a whirl. So yeah, I was out. that's and see, that's man, that's rough. That sucks. Um, but I, I think we've all been there in some capacity at some point in time. Okay, so so let's say that you find your property, and whether you're doing it alone or you're doing it in a group, let, let's say you're doing it in a group. Um, because this is one thing that I've always been extremely leery about. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna lease a piece of property in a group, I think it's very important to make sure that you have like-minded individuals with the same goals on the property. And and I'll give you an example. You know, there's several different types of leases out there, and and there's nothing at all wrong with whatever you want to do with your lease. You may, I'll use the lease that we have uh, that we're currently losing as an example. There's a lake on there that we love to fish. Well, man, we burned that road up during the summer and the spring, you know, fishing, going back there to fish. But if we were on a lease with somebody that wasn't like-minded and liked to fish that, and there was a big deer on the property, they may be like, whoa, I don't want anybody fishing back there because I don't want to run this deer off the property. Right, and, and that's understandable. I mean, that's understandable if that's what their goal is, but that's kind of the things you need to lay out on the front side. Is this a property that you can utilize to hunt, dove hunt, squirrel hunt, rabbit hunt, duck hunt, turkey, turkey hunt, deer hunt, or is it just I'm setting this aside for turkey and deer only? Or, you know, those are kind of things that you need to map out on the front side to make sure that 
everybody's on the same page. Oh, that, I mean, if you got children, do you, you know, is, is your kids going to be allowed to go with you? You know, I mean, that's something else you got to look at, too. Oh, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a whole nother, <laughs> that's a whole nother thing to get into because let's say, let's say you and I get on a lease, Derek, and then, you know, I've got kids, I've got four kids, you got two kids. Right. Um, I got a couple grandkids that'll be, you know, in a few years be hunting, you know, so if we get on a lease, is it like, no, Derek, you're not hunting or your kids aren't going hunting. I'm not going to take my kids hunting. It's just me and you. But that, that cheats the entire process of what. That's even if your kids are even allowed to go. Cause like with our lease, nobody under the age of 18, it's wrote in the contract. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And it's, that's one of those things where we. We kind of sacrifice that on the front side. So, like know? on the lease I'm on now, only us four can hunt it. Um, I believe that we can take other people out there to fish the lake and trap, which would include our kids also. But to actual hunt turkey, deer, whatever, only us four are allowed. You got to go to a different property if you want to take your kids. Right. So you were smart enough about it to hash that out prior to yeah, we all, into it. Yeah, we all read the contracts and stuff, and we all made sure we understood it and all that good stuff, uh, which you have to. Like Dave says, I mean, you don't want to go out there and get blindsided. And, you know, I take my kid out there to go hunting, and the next thing I know I'm getting kicked off a property that I spent a good amount of money and a good amount of time putting up stands and, you know, sweat and blood and tears, you know, cutting shooting lanes and whatnot. So – how does that work when I know how it works with us? Because JP is usually involved in all of our decisions on uh, stand placement and stuff like that. So, what if do you guys just put your stands wherever you want to, or do you kind of coincide with the other guys on? Yeah, like what you guys do. We do the same thing. We, uh, of course, we get on the Onyx map and we get a good aerial view of it. And fortunately, three of us work together. Um, the fourth gentleman, he's up in Michigan. He's a relative of one of the other guys. So he says, do whatever you want. He don't care. He comes down for you know a week or so and hunts, and then he's you know going. Uh, but, yeah, we'll sit there at work while we're working. You know, let's not, <laughs> let's not get that confused. We are working. Let's not say where you work because you might, you might get in trouble for oh, I will not say stealing where I work, time on the clock. Even though I work for a great company. <laughs> they are the best. <laughs> but we all do that on the clock, I'm sure. Right. They have to be the best for you to take off the whole month of November. I mean, I got who lucky. Gets lucky enough to do something like that. I got fortunate. You're right. Um, I was able to bank some time, and where I work a 12-hour schedule, I uh, I work three days a week, and it's really nice whenever you can take off the whole month of November to hunt. I I've, mean, I've never done that. I uh, next year. One, yeah, maybe this year's my year for that. It's coming. It's just a matter of time. You'll get there. You'll I be like there that. one day. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> but then some of you are lucky enough to have a wife that says, forward your calls and get your ass in the tree stand and sit all day. Right. That's true. I I have. You have I, really. I, I, I do. I'm very fortunate. I, right. I, yeah. I, uh, I can't complain about that at all. For right. sure. For sure. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. So we sit down, we we map it out, we discuss it. You know, this is where predominantly the winds are going. This is probably a good spot. This looks like a good bedding area. You know, is this going to be a good area for them to come in and eat acorns and stuff when it starts falling? Uh, How are they going to enter the ag field? Uh, We did work it out with the uh, landowner this year to where he left us right around two acres of beans that were standing. Uh, That's nice. Yeah, we we paid him for it. Um, Whatever he wanted, we paid, and then – so two of them guys still have buck tags to fill, and if we can get down nasty cold, you know, the I mean, big it's bucks, got a ways to go right now, don't it? Right, it's, yeah, especially as warm up we're going to get on everything. I mean, who knows? I I always like to. I know it's shifting gears a little bit, but I always like to, which I didn't do it this year, and I got lucky that it didn't play out this way. But I always like to put you know a few acres of real world beans out to uh, to kind of capitalize on a muzzleloader late season hunt, you know, in, in case I still have a buck tag in my pocket. and Because, you know, when it gets down bitterly cold, you know, you get a real good cold front, then it just drives them to those standing beans. And by that time, hopefully all the farmers have got all their crops out, and then you're the only show in town. You know, you got the only food source, the only really good high-protein food source that you'll draw deer in for miles around. 
I personally am a big fan of the Deadly Dozen, just because after that first frost and it becomes palatable for the deer. I mean, we have had nothing but success in the previous years with that. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's a great. Well, it cashed in for me this year for sure. I mean, uh, I wouldn't have killed that deer that I killed in Indiana without the the old Deadly Dozen coming through there. Um, it's like here at my house. I mean, I got the real world beans planted at my house, about an acre. Uh, and that deer are absolutely hammering on it. Yep. Um, so, unfortunately, I don't have buck tag, but my son does. So, I may be able to get him out there during the last few days of muzzleloader or... Hopefully it's not too cold for him whenever, you know, because we should get, I don't know if this next week is supposed to be warm all week. I don't know if it's supposed to, toward the end of next week, maybe get cold. I mean, that would be pretty sweet if it does. Well, I know how he'll be. He'll want to go out there and sit in the ground blind and take him a blanket and lay down the floor or on the ground and stay covered up with hey. that blanket and I'll wake him up. Hey, I hey man, dear. <laughs> I don't blame him a bit. I would do that too. Why not? Right. Get a hunting comfort. I love that, man. There's nothing wrong with that. So, all right, so, uh. What's your take on a lease? I mean, is it is it a good, um, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I mean, if you had it to do, um, obviously, I mean, you, you got a good situation with that lease. It's a good piece of property. Would you venture out and say, I need to find another lease? Like, okay, let's use the state of Kentucky as an example. You know, we've got a we've got a farm over there. There are a couple of places that we can hunt. If all of a sudden that goes away, and they say you can't hunt that anymore. Would you be like, we need to find a lease in Kentucky? 100%. Um, if you can't find, you know, a handshake deal like you know, like a lot of people have, I'm all about leasing a property. You're guaranteed to lease hunt at that season. You know, you may get that one year out of it, but you're going to get something out of it. Because with the handshake deal, I mean, they could tell you leave at any given time. Um, but when you start building that good rapport with that, that landowner, your leases usually continue. Um, and that's a good thing because once you start building that property up, you get it how you want it. You start patterning them deer year in, year out. I mean, yeah, I would definitely do it. I'd recommend it. If if somebody can afford it, i definitely recommend it. Yeah, but make sure, folks, I can't stress this enough because I know a lot of guys that, that have gotten themselves into a lease and then there's all kinds of crazy things. Like they may go go knock on a door, talk to a, a landowner, and say, "Hey, can I can I lease this to hunt on?" They handshake deal, they hand over some cash, they don't do a contract, and then hunting season rolls around, and the landowner's nephew is on the property hunting as well. Yep. And you know, guys get upset like, "Hey, I got this leased," so I'm his nephew. And just because you lease the rights so you can hunt doesn't mean that I can't hunt also. And the landowner wants to let his nephew hunt, and then he, then his nephew uh, has Brings a buddy, buddy yeah. yeah, that's going to come. And then all of a sudden it gets it gets into a real sticky deal there. So make sure that you do your due diligence on the front side, get a contract in place, but know what you're getting into. Know what the uh, you, you got to have a, a, a serious conversation with the landowner. There's nothing wrong with that because I know. I used to, whenever I talked to a landowner about getting permission or getting a lease worked out, I used to feel like, boy, I don't want to ask for too much, you know, because I don't want to get told no. But at the same time, you, you, you're you offering something in return. So it's not like you're asking them to give you anything. Right. You know, you're you're paying for the right to hunt that. So you need to hash all that out. And it has to be good for both parties. If it's not good for both parties, it's not going to be good in the end. You know, somebody's going to be upset whether it's the landowner and you're gone after that or or it's you because his nephew and his or his uncle or, you know, and a couple other buddies are over there hunting as well. Well, kind of like what you said earlier. I mean, get you a checklist. You know, what do you want out of the property? What do you expect out of the property? What do you want the landowner to allow you to do, not allow you to do? Ask him all kinds of questions or her. You know, just like you said, do your due diligence because um, you don't want to be blindsided come first of november when the rut's kicking in and next thing you know you gotta find somewhere else to hunt and it's probably gonna be public because you can't find nothing that quick well that's nothing wrong with public just yeah you know it gets it gets crowded so yeah you know and this is crazy i've been uh gosh how long have i been hunting 33 years i've been i've been deer hunting for 33 years i know you guys are just about that age right <laughs> <laughs> 
old guy in the room. Hey, uh, <laughs> so I've been I've been deer hunting for 33 years now, and I can honestly say that I've hunted public, excluding you know military refuge hunts. I've hunted public ground less than five times. Ooh. Less than five hunts on public ground. So I'm twice. I I cannot. I got nothing but the utmost respect for the guys that, that go out there and hunt public every year and end up filling a tag, much less right. a good deer. You know, it's uh, that's way harder. I couldn't even imagine. I'm too uh, lazy for that. That's yeah. I give them guys props. That's that's crazy. I mean, there's a lot of miles put on the boots, and then uh, you know, it, just figuring it out because it all looks the same to me. You know, right. it all <laughs> looks the same. Thinking about that, let's see. In my 24 years of hunting, I don't know that I have ever hunted public. I mean, some of us haven't made. Spoiled a little bit, yeah, (laughs) kind of. I think next year Savannah ought to have to fill her tag on public. I mean, that's what we ought to say. Initiation. Game on. You heard it, folks. No hunting for Savannah on the Cricket Heart Ranch next year. (gasps) Get out. <laughs> well, she said you kind of did we, just agree to that. We so locked I'll, it in. We locked it in. Challenge accepted. I'll just take your spot. Thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, I tell you what, Derek, what do you what do you think about uh, your first podcast experience so far? It's good. It's fun. I mean, be it's great. just kind of a BS session, right? I mean, just right. here, hash it out. And, yeah. Imagine if we had video, though. Oh, good Lord. That'd be crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, we we've talked about doing that at some point, and uh, I don't know. I, speaking of speaking of video, hey, speaking I got some. Video. I have some big news here. I mean, it's not. Boy, I hate to even break it because it's not official. Official, but I happen to be. I, I was a guest on a show earlier this week. Uh, Ken Carson, Studio Pass Live. He's got a show out of Cincinnati. He's a heck of a musician. He's got some great music, and I was on his show, and he asked. On his show, so I guess it's kind of official, but he asked if if, if the if the folks of Pro Talk Outdoors would be willing to let him come and shoot a music video using us as his actors in the music video. So what do you think, Derek? Would you be up for that? Uh, I mean, I can act. It may not be the prettiest of acting. I don't know if I could dance real well. I don't think we're... Gonna you going to put like a hula skirt on me? I or? totally got the dancing nailed. You guys are oh, done okay. for. I, I really don't think Ken, Ken's going to listen to this. He's like, no, they, I'm, they're cut. <laughs> they're cut. We're, we're not talking about any dancing. Dave likes to twerk too much. I have seen Dave twerk. <laughs> oh, gosh. This took this took a turn <laughs> south real quick. Or even better yet, that I've got a really good video of you clogging. And I mean, nailed it. I can do the old stomp. Yeah, now, I mean, I, I could be a... I could be a part of a video. I really don't think that Ken wants us doing any dancing in his video, though. I think it's more of a where are sick of gear in the yeah in the field, um, hero shots kind of thing. But uh, but anyway, that's I portraying like we know what we're doing. Yeah, because because we don't necessarily right. know what we're doing, but but uh, we enjoy. I mean, who it. leaves their knife in a tree? That is awesome. Yeah. So I just now returned that, it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and it's funny you. Br- Folks, we we're recording this here at the house, and uh, Derek got off of work, and he 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 comes over, great guy, brings dinner, um, and then he walks in the door holding holding my knife up, and I'm like, whoa, buddy, whoa! I mean, it's not in a sheath or anything, right? So he's just holding the knife. I'm like, hey, my wallet's right here. Ain't got much in it, you know. Kids just rob the money out, but you can take what you want. But uh, that knife, um, after I. Uh, after I gut my deer that we killed way back in the holler there, before we drug it out, I realized I didn't have a sheath. Uh, I lost the sheath on it, so I just stabbed it into a tree and left it there. So, fast forward, which we didn't even talk about your deer, Derek. Right. By golly, that's that where, That's how you got your. That's how you got my knife back out of right. there. So I left my knife, stabbed it in the tree, left it there. Derek brought it out. That's the end of that story. But Derek, well, tell no, us you about told, your. You told me. I said, "Are you sure you don't want to carry this thing out here?" And Dave was. Aaron on the side of, you know, caution, wanting to be safe. And I get that. That's, that's very good. But he looked at me and goes, could you imagine a hundred years from now, somebody sees that knife and be like, what went on right here? <laughs> Derek, you Fair ruined point. my legacy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so after the doe kill, I went back there the next day and uh, went over towards where you killed your buck. 
and you don't have any sets over there, no stands, no nothing. So I'm on the ground, back old school hunting. Get on the ground, take your foot, clear your spot by a tree, and sit down. And uh, I had a little bit of action that morning. I mean, I had some does come in real close, and uh, you know, small buck and stuff like that. And I told Dave, I was like, "This is this is a little honey hole right here." I mean, it's the hub. It's the front. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's just deer coming from every which direction. Put your head on a swivel because you never know where they're coming from. And uh, so I think I gave it a couple of days because I had some stuff to do. Or I have a volunteer job that I do that I think I was doing it or something. And uh, I got back down there and early, early that morning, I've got deer all over me. Does everywhere. And uh, I hear <clears throat> I hear it coming. It's a buck. All I see is antlers coming over the hill. Pull the 450 up. I put him in the scope, and I'm like, ah, he's kind of young. He's not real big, but probably a little bit bigger than that one, you know, the first one I seen. So I'm getting all nervous. And Side note, if I ever go deer hunting and I never get buck fever again, and I don't care if it's with a buck or a doe, I'm done hunting. If you don't have that feeling when you're hunting deer, you should probably just hang it up. You know what's crazy about that is... <laughs> I get that. I, I just said a while ago, 33 years. I still get that, and that's why I miss. I mean, I know it is. I get all kind of, right. you know, I get like I turn into a spaz whenever, okay. you know, whenever I'm going to take a shot sometimes. But, uh, so, yeah, I, I get that, man. I do. Well, so yeah, the first deer that I seen that morning was a doe, and I couldn't see her. All I could do was hear her walking to me, and my heart, I thought, was coming out of my chest. Didn't even know what it was. I just knew it was a deer, but I thought I was going to have a heart attack right there. Uh, until I seen it was a doe and finally got myself calmed down. But anyhow, so the buck comes through. He comes right in front of me, hangs a right to him, left to me, and gets across the ditch, a little valley there, and he stops. And I'm thinking, all right, dude, you're safe. You're going to come out of here alive because you're heading away from me. I'm not going to shoot you. Well, he made the fatal mistake by turning left and coming right at me. You totally reneged on that, didn't you? He's right. Like, no, he's not safe anymore. Yeah, because I still got the gun up. You know, my my thumb's on the selector switch to get to go from, you know, safe to fire. And he's coming, and I clicked it off. And uh, he walks right in front of me. 12 yards, 10 yards. I mean, he was on top of me. And uh, he stopped and looked at me. And he gave me that look like, oh, no. I just messed up. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all she wrote. I plugged him. And he ran about 30 yards, maybe 40. Stood there. I'd shot another shot at him because I didn't want him running too far. And uh, I believe I missed him with that one. And as he's standing there, I took a third shot. And that one just absolutely wrecked him. Uh, his chest cavity was destroyed. I lost the meat up in the shoulders on it. That 450 is a nasty round. If anybody's thinking about getting one, I highly recommend them. They are deadly. Yeah, they had uh, crazy. I mean, it uh, it's like playing Operation, but you can throw huh. baseballs in there. And, and of course, when he dies, he has to go down the hill and into the little valley and oh in the rocks. And yeah, that's uh, that's not a good area to get a deer out of. But I'll tell you, it's. Uh, well, I have my four wheeler, <clears throat> and I was able to get my four wheeler to him. But coming out of there was a chore. I had to get off the four-wheeler, ride the four-wheeler on the side and push it. I had to winch onto trees to keep it from falling down into the hills. Uh, it was an interesting adventure. I killed that deer around 8.30, 8.45, something. It was early that morning. It was right after daylight. And I don't think I got off the property till about 11.30. So it took me a couple hours just to fight the hills getting him out of there. And, of course, you know, I take a couple of time, or a little bit of time trying to get pictures by myself, which let me tell you what is a chore to do. You did a fantastic job. It looked like you had a professional over there standing on the other side of the well, hill. JP asked me, he said, well, who was with you? I was like, I was by myself, bub. And he said, well, that's a pretty good job. I said, well, thanks. Yeah, yeah. man, now you, great <clears throat> photo cred there. You did a great job. I'm, you did better on your own than, you know, thank you for bringing him over here and, you know, sharing the experience with me, and I was able to take some pictures with you and, but the pictures that I'm getting the, the stink eye from Savannah somehow. I don't know why. That's here. Well, yeah, Savannah. Ah, you showed up late. She after showed up I, late. Savannah yeah. showed up late. But so hey, I showed up. That's all that matters. Yeah, right. That's true. She showed up. She showed up. But yeah, so I, our pictures. What I was going with that was 
the pictures that I was in wasn't near as good as the pictures you took, you know. And, I think you, you did know, a pretty good job. I, I mean, it was okay, but it wasn't wasn't Derek Minton quality. Ah, you know? uh, well, that. Hey, I mean, he's a hell of a photographer because he he came over and took pictures of my deer after he helped recover. Some people got it. Some people ain't. You know, that's truth. You know, they you just do it. when you, when you when you're taking pictures or doing videography or anything like. Some people got it. Some people ain't. You know? I mean, when you have the proper devices, and I know this might start a war, but, you know, I got an iPhone. I'm an iPhone guy. <clears throat> and I don't know about them galaxies and Androids. iPhone and stuff, is far superior to the, <laughs> to the other, the, what we call the green phones, because you text them and they come back green. You right. Know? Yeah. Nobody far wants a green superior. phone. Folks, if you're if you're listening to this and you do not have an iPhone, I suggest, highly suggest you go out and get an iPhone because... Far superior, Apple products. You heard it here, people. We're not sponsored by Apple or iPhone, but we should be. By God, we spend enough money there, don't we? Yeah. Too much. Too much. Too much. So, are right, any closing thoughts here, babe? No, I think you guys pretty much covered everything that I was going to discuss about leases and your deer. Get a lease, be a lease. Yeah, very informational episode. Yeah. Let's find a lease somewhere. Let's find one. We're getting kicked off of one. We might as well find one, right? Let's do it. Or we'll just buy some more property. You want to buy some? Not right now. Yes. Yes, 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 because they, they're not making any more of it. We just got to have it all. Just That's right. Buy land. Buy land, folks. Buy land. That's where it's at. All right, guys. Derek, any closing thoughts? <clears throat> have fun. Get out in the outdoors. Take a woman or a child out there. Keep our sport going. We need it. Some real... Real deep, deep thoughts. Deep, deep thoughts, deep. Derek. Bring it home right there. Bring it home. That's what I do. I'm like a, what is it, philosopher? You know, that's, that's me. Gandhi. The great philosopher. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> We're gone. Gone, Gandhi, Gandhi. we gone, Gandhi here. All right, folks. Till next time. Hook em or hunt em. Pro Talk Outdoors. This is my first podcast. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. I'm supposed to say. Later, guys. Oh, yeah. Later, guys. <laughs> Thank you.